This is the MS Show, the podcast for people with multiple sclerosis and their families who want information and inspiration. I'm Bron Webster. I've been living with MS for over 20 years. I'll be sharing with you tips, stories and ways to keep going with MS. Today I'm really, really pleased to be talking with Judy Graham, a person with MS who has written some self-help guides because Judy was diagnosed many, many years ago before the literature was really available. So um, Judy, thanks for joining me today. Pleasure. So I wonder if I found found, uh, you originally because I came across the book that you wrote um, and I wondered if you could tell me a little bit more about triggered you to write the book what its focus is and maybe the different elements within that yes I mean what triggered me to write it I thought surely there must be things that somebody newly diagnosed with MS can do so that they don't get as bad as they might do and this is long before Google had ever been dreamed up so I had to do a lot of you know, fundamental basic research, but there was, there was research out there um, that showed that particularly diet and supplements, uh, nutritional, it's a nutritional, basically nutritional approach to treating MS, where you don't put anything bad into your body and you eat highly nutritious food. And it is interesting that the two leaders nowadays of MS diet um, books and guidance um, Terry Walls, MD in America, and Professor George Jeninek in Australia. Uh, They both go hugely on diet. And, you know, it means being incredibly healthy with what you eat and not touching anything junk. I mean, you know, because, and I, I saw with myself, if I ate, for example, you know, ice cream, cakes, biscuits, those kind of things, that I always felt worse. And that if I... Mm stuck to a really healthy diet with lots of fresh fruit vegetables um that i felt much better so you know you can kind of test all these things very easily on yourself some things make you worse and some things don't make you worse um and you can feel really good with the combination of eating eating really healthily and exercising and the book book also goes into positive attitude and things like that Um, you know Although I did write that book, uh, I would say that both Terry Walls's book um, and Professor Jelinek's book, Overcoming MS, they, in many ways they have superseded my book. I completely, anybody newly diagnosed now should get those books before getting mine because they're much more up to date. And they're both doctors. And mm. though I sort of championed self-help as someone with, with MS, you know, I, I'm a layperson, whereas they're both doctors. So anybody now, I would say, go and read the books by Professor George Jelinek, Overcoming MS, and the book by Terry Walls, um, mm. which I quiet. But certainly my book did did um, sort of predate them. It did, did go into the same things they do. Um, so, and they all agree that they're, there is now a lot of scientific evidence to show that a healthy diet really can make a difference 
to to being healthy with MS. You know, it is possible to 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 lead a healthy life with MS. I mean, I do have limitations. I can't pretend that I don't. But for a long time, for a long time, and all through my journalistic television producer career, I really wasn't very badly affected. So I had maybe had maybe forty good years, which isn't too bad. And uh, if you look at Terry Walls and and George Jelinek, I mean, they're running around, cycling, running to the beach. You know, they're very, very. You would never guess that either of them has MS. They're very strict with what what they do. It's all in their books. So it is possible through lifestyle to you know stop you getting as worse as you might have done. Yeah, and I'm I'm a big believer as well that it feels very much when you've got MS as though you're out of control regarding the disease in terms of, I don't know necessarily how I'm going to wake up tomorrow, but I can control certain elements and I can control what I put in my mouth and what movement I decide to do. That's psychologically, um, psychologically that is so yeah, important. the mind. You're reminding me, Bron, that when I was much younger, and I did have that kind of terror of, you know, am I going to wake up without, would not, would not being able to feel a limb, you know, that never happened, but it was a constant terror. But mm. if you take control, as you just said, if you take control of as many elements of your life, which you can, which is sort of diet, exercise, lifestyle, sleep, attitude, then it's very empowering because mm. you are in control to, to, to a great extent. And all those kind of morning terrors, or my night terrors, am I going to wake up paralyzed? They tend to, to be dissipated, just go, go away because you feel you're totally in control of your own health, which is hugely empowering. It is. When it is, it is so unknown, but it's the daily, what can, what can I do? What can you do? to just control the elements that are controllable and I think that's where when I saw that there was an opportunity for me to reach out to you and talk a little bit more about everything and the work that you've done I thought we absolutely have to do this now Judy I know that you're the same age as my dad nearly um my dad's got MS and he has silently and behind closed doors lived with MS and had very similar outlook in terms of keeping going and healthy, not totally clean eating, but um, healthy eating. So I know that there's something in it, but I will never, ever in a million years get my dad on a podcast interview. So. <laughs> You know, s silently and behind closed doors. Actually, I really think that the opposite is the best way to approach it. Because you've got to come out, you know, sooner or later with MS. And this is a terrible burden on people. You know, when the symptoms aren't obvious and you're still walking okay, you think, dare I tell anybody? I generally think, generally think that it's wisest, or whether you can argue it both ways, I generally think that it's wisest to come out to people that you've got MS because that way, A, you haven't got this enormous 
burdensome stress on you of keeping it secret and that is a big that's a big stressor and mm. second other people can choose to help you some won't some will other people may say we're not going to, going to employ you but generally people have been mostly kind mostly not not ex not exclusively um but you give them the option to help you if you need help but if you keep it to yourself that in itself is a psychological burden that i wouldn't recommend to anybody it, it, it's very um um freeing mentally freeing if you disclose if you tell people you know um, absolutely it's just better if you do that you know mm. yeah definitely and i think um i was asked by my dad to keep my diagnosis the same keep it very quiet and don't go telling anybody at work and don't go hanging out at the ms society or all these things just get on with life um See? and i started off like that and uh, then i thought this is not right for me right you're much younger i mean it's, it's partly a generational thing i mean i i although i'm the same roughly age as your dad i I don't consider myself, I think of myself as a young thinking 73 year old. Mm -hmm. um, in your case, there's, there's joining societies and telling people. Um, it's also very helpful to be with other people with MS. So if you, for example, went to an MS um, uh, therapy center, or you went, you joined your local branch of the MS Society. It's very helpful to see other people with MS, but you, you've got your own community because at the end of the day, I honestly still think that it's only other people with MS who truly, completely understand what it's like to have MS. So, you know, if you say to an able-bodied, healthy person, I'm feeling really fatigued, this heat, this lovely sunshine, but it's getting me down, they don't really get it. Somebody with MS gets it immediately. So there, mm. there are huge benefits. To me, I mean, just touching on fatigue, I think yeah. we really need to, as an MS community, get that changed because it's it's more than fatigue, and people just don't get it. We need to call it something different. But but, Bron, getting back to the diet and exercise, the the, the single symptom that lifts. First, when somebody with MS sticks to a very healthy diet and regular exercise, is the fatigue lifts. That's the mm. first thing to just go. You know, and, and then when you start eating rubbish again, all the foods that you shouldn't, and you don't sleep well, and you don't exercise, then the fatigue comes back. So it is possible to lift fatigue by doing all these lifestyle things it really mm. is and mm. then you, if you break it it comes back because i have broken my own rules when i've been i was married to an american and you know he used to like ben and jerry's ice cream and so we used to sit together of an evening eating ben and Bennett, and i felt <laughs> terrible i mean terrible and i thought well i've got to do it for him and everything but no it was a terrible mistake you know so people will pressurize you if you have MS oh go on it's not going to harm you it's only once don't listen to them it, do, it mm. does it has an immediate effect you know mm. top of Ben and Jerry's or any ice cream 
um, just bad news, you know, filled with sugar, um, all those kind of things. So fatigue can be lifted. People think that exercise will make you fatigued and it's counterintuitive, isn't it? But mm. actually, exercise within limits, without getting too hot, without exhausting yourself, exercise actually gives you more energy. So I've heard a million times people say, oh, I can't do exercise, it makes me fatigued. But then when they actually do do it, they're amazed to discover that, that they have more energy and not less. That's really important to say because it is counterintuitive. You think, oh, mm. as you're going to feel tired. It feels really hard, doesn't, doesn't it, sometimes to yes. go and, and do that walk or... Um, you know whatever it might be get on the exercise bike it can feel like a real struggle to do it sometimes but I know what exactly what you're saying and I know it's true yeah, but it's um, getting that it's taking that first step isn't it and thinking and you need uh, a buddy or somebody to motivate you you know somebody's like on the bike you know do it now yeah <laughs> yeah uh, and that in a way that's why it's good to go to these MS therapy centers because you know, a lot of them have got excellent facilities. They've got, you know, uh, some of them, um, some of the bigger ones, I have to say, have got really ex excellent uh, physiotherapy rooms with exercise bikes and all kinds of, you know, rowing equipment and stuff. Um, Pilates board, Pilates classes. And of course, there you've got other people doing it. So it's a motivator to be in a big room, physio room, with other people also exercising, or with an instructor, because um, I've been having a, a personal Pilates teacher coming to me. Would I do it on my own? Less likely, but with a Pilates trained teacher, she just puts you through your paces and, you know, do this, do that, do this, do that. And that is very motivating. So, mm. yeah, all that is good. Mm. So coming back to the diet then, Judy, what were the fundamentals that you um, said that you, what, what was your diet focused on? So was it specific foods that you would eat and then don't touch these ones? Well, it, it, very broadly, I mean, you, you eat the foods that have got the nutrients that you need because you've got MS. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, oily fish, salmon, mackerel, sardines, oily fish, oily fish, absolute number one oily fish number one and then um green vegetables you know um spinach kale or any green vegetables because they contain they you wouldn't guess it to look at them b vitamins etc etc uh so it's possible to just stick to a completely fish diet or an oily fish diet you know mm. um and if you're eating a lot of oily fish, you really don't need to take fish oil supplements because you're getting all, all the omega-3 um, nutrients and vitamin D from the food. Um, lots of vegetables, lots of vegetables, lots of vegetables. And to favor vegetables over fruit. Fruit, <laughs> fruit is fine, but it's still very sweet. It's got a lot of natural sugars. Um, vegetables because they're very high in the nutrients that people with MS need, you know. So getting back to, or you could just live on fish and shellfish, you know, prawns, mussels, any of that stuff, all good. And easy to do, you know, easy to do. 
not difficult. And getting getting back to what you give up junk food, you don't eat cakes, you don't eat anything with refined anything, no refined flour, no refined sugar, you know. So So by that by refined flour you mean not white flour. You yeah. mean the whole meal? Absolutely. Everything's got yeah. to be ideally organic, ideally mm -hmm. unrefined. You know, you just feel better immediately, very quickly, from going onto a very healthy diet with no processed food. Um, you know, if it comes in a box or a packet, probably not. If it comes fresh, probably yes, you know. Mm. And there is a yeah. lot of research to back all this up. But it's not a difficult diet and it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, for the whole of the last year, I was eating just um, either salmon or mackerel or sardines um, with a, a plate full of vegetables. This is very easy to do. Ideally, mm. steam vegetables so you don't bleach out the, the vitamins and minerals, you know. But it's a very, very easy diet. Um, George Jeninek's diet allows you to eat... Um, Gluten. I don't know about gluten. He says there's nothing wrong with gluten. He, he includes in his diet, yes, a lot of fish and a lot of vegetables, all healthy. Um, but he does include things like pasta um, from, from wholemeal, um, you know, pasta sauces, whatever, mm -hmm. which, which seems to be fine. Um, Terry Walls, the diet is much trickier in a way because you have to eat just cartloads of vegetables. I mean, she measures everything being an American in cups, but it's actually, I found it rather difficult to do sort of nine cup loads of um, say spinach and, and then sulfur things like onions and garlic. It was just too much. My gut just couldn't take it, but she's incredibly well. And there are people who follow her diet. And I have to, I've done elements of the walls protocol. I'm not sure that it could be done in elements, but yeah, it's difficult because it's so much, so much vegetables, so mm. much. So I, I just couldn't do it. But there are people, as you know, who follow it strictly, who are, you know, cycling. So if there's, there's a strong motivator for, for, for doing either one of the diet. The worrying thing about their diets is they don't overlap, is that you'd think two doctors, clever clever people that do all the research how wonderful it will be if they agreed with each other but they don't mm. so you know you either have to choose the george jelinek overcoming msoms route or which is predominantly vegan which one the overcoming ms is sort of vegan plus fish well 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 the fish makes it completely not not vegan. yeah 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 um, the OMS diet is much easier than the Walls diet to stick to. Mm. And the other thing about OMS, they do have social groups. Um, I know that the London one is very active. I don't know about the rest of the country. But it's, I think it's very good to meet people who, who share the same attitudes that you've agreed you're going to go on this particular diet, the overcoming OMS diet. And it's very, again, empowering. You meet other people, you're all on the same diet. You, you meet each other socially, you become friends, you can, you know, exchange symptoms or whatever's happening. I think that's very valuable. So that's a big mm. part of the OMS groups of, and diet. It, it's, yeah. It's, it's got the social aspect to it. 
And where do you where do you sit on the whole dairy question? Ideally, not at all. Okay. So I I I do have coffee. Uh, I put soya milk in the coffee, unsweetened. Uh, soy milk seems to be fine. I I don't. I try and stir dairy completely. And um, George Jelinek, OMS, Overcoming MS, no dairy allowed whatsoever. Absolutely. Mm. And it is the same with Terry Walls. No, no animal fat. No animal fat. Oh, except that Terry Walls does have um, beef. You know, you're allowed to have grass. For, she, she not only just not, just not allowed, she actually says that eating grass-fed beef and organ meats, um, mm. liver, heart, offal, is essential because you get tons of B vitamins from those things. Mm. So, so again, you know, those two diets, incredibly different from each other. So, uh, and I think that's what can make it so difficult, isn't it? As a, as a person with MS, looking at it and seeing such contradictory Yes. Um, recommendations it makes it really difficult Definitely. to decide and I've I've tried OMS and I've tried uh, uh, Terry, Terry Walls diet I've done e either of them for 12 months each and I've kind of got to the point where I've fallen into a bit of a mixture of both well it's fine well d d d whatever works for you you know mm. whatever mm. works I mean, I do think that Terry Walls is incredibly clever. And mm. also, George Shellinick is incredibly clever. So I respect and admire both of them. I've been in personal contact, met George Shellinick, delightful man. Haven't met Terry Walls, but I've spoken to him on the phone, been in. They're, they're both very impressive people. And, you know, maybe it just means trying one, suck it and see, try the other one, suck it and see, or as mm. you try combining the two what do you do to combine the two what do i do combine the two yeah a little um you know i do eat meat um oh. but i do the clean sort of not buying things that are prepared i don't eat dairy good um because that is i think that is something that everybody seems to be pretty much agreed on yes absolutely. so but i do absolutely. eat chocolate you and it is milk it. chocolate <laughs> yeah. look it's just we're all human you know um we, do, we all deserve treats you just got to weigh it up i know, know. yeah difficult. i mean it is very difficult socially whenever you go invited somewhere everybody's always trying to force things on you that against whatever diet you're on mm. and you have to just say look yeah, I don't want to be a, a bad guest or say, look, I'm, I'm on a strict diet. Yeah, it's a personal decision, you know, mm. a personal decision. I mean, generally speaking, it, it, I've now had MS for something beyond 50 years. And I've broken the diet a few times, as I said, and I, well, then I've gone back on it. And I've always felt much better, much better when I'm on the diet than when I've broken it. Yeah. You know? So that's 50 plus years experience. What I would say is when you get past 70 and you don't have any hormones going around, you particularly not female hormones, MS has got a horrible habit of getting worse once you're old. 
Um, there's a lot of evidence to show that, that youth does provide, whether it's estrogen or testosterone, whatever it is. But as those sort of youth hormones disappear, um, MS just does get worse when you get a lot older. But I have a perfectly all nice life, you know. Um, there are things I can't do, but, you know, it doesn't terribly affect quality of life, even when you're quite bad, as long as you're surrounded by people who accept you for who you are. Mm. I think that's important. And that's they, know, they know, you know your limitations. They understand and accept those limitations as well, don't they? Yeah, it's quite difficult to find people who accept and understand your limitations because when, again, going back when I was much younger, in my 20s, and I did have fatigue. This is before I fully went on the diet and everything. And, you know, I'd be with boyfriends and they'd say, you're always tired. Why are you always tired? And you know, you'd say, well, because I've got MS. Well, you're always tired. It's boring. You know, so it's difficult to find people who are accepting because they just don't, generally speaking, people who don't have MS find it very hard to understand that you've got to sit down and get tired and you can't do things and you're sensitive to the heat. I found it, generally speaking, very hard with, with some able-bodied people to find people who are completely accepting and understanding is difficult. There are not many of them around, actually. Particularly no, I think, I think you're probably right. My husband does accept and does understand. You're lucky. So, yeah, very. Women tend to be better at acceptance and understanding. Um, men, less so. I, it, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're married because I think that once you're married, it's just an e easier. Mm. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Married with a daughter. Wonderful. That's terrific. So, yeah. and I think the post-pregnancy hormonal changes. I think that there needs to be a, a lot more research into the hormonal impact on the disease, on multiple sclerosis, because if I could get those pregnancy hormones yes. all the time without being pregnant. Yeah, I think, Bron, I think as we speak, there's research going on about estrogen. Mm. I mean, Is there? The it's got dangers as well, hasn't it, at the same time of taking of estrogen. But um, the scientists, you know, because I wrote a book about multiple sclerosis and having a baby, and it's the scientists know and have known for a long time that, that pregnancy is a wonderful time for a lot of women with MS. And if only they could bottle the estrogen and put it in a pill. But that research, mm. I think, is actually going on now because they've cottoned on to that. They know that that's what they've got to do. How you give it to men, God knows, I have no idea. But yes, you know, the... the, the um, Hormones seem to have a huge effect, yes. Mm. A beneficial effect, particularly. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you Google it, I'm sure you'll find a lot. I did see a little on it, um, and I did go off and start doing some investigatory. Uh, shall I try to get this? And then I hit a point where I hit some of the risks of doing so, and I thought, okay. I better take my foot off the gas and just not go down that any further at the minute and let's see what comes. Yeah, I think a doctor or your consultant neurologist wouldn't give it to you 
unless it's been through all the mm. phase one, two, and three. And of course, trials take forever. Um, yeah. You know, it has to go through you know, animal testing and then first phase with humans. It just has to go through so many um, phases that it's, it's a good five to 10 years before it becomes available. But you wouldn't be able to get it off prescription and you wouldn't be able to get it from a doctor until it had passed all the trials. Mm. But how would you do it? You know, how would you do it? You wouldn't be able to. No. So it's still in the process of being researched because it takes ages. Mm. So through your, I know when I was reading a little bit of information, I was really interested to read about the electro currents. I don't know what the name, a, a suit that you can wear that helps with the signaling around the body. It's, Can you um, tell me a little bit more about it? As I'm sure you can see, Judy is so positive about her life. And I want to tell you about a way that you can also, with your MS life, remain positive. Over in the private Facebook group, we're keeping things positive for people with MS. It's a community and it's for you. Search Facebook for Multiple Sclerosis UK Help Multiple Success Community. Click, join, answer the questions and come and join us. It's an electro-stimulation suit. Uh, it's a Swedish design. It's called Molly, M-O-L-L-I-I, -I, uh, Molly. And you wear this suit. It looks like a diving suit, but inside the fabric, they've got sort of pads with electrodes attached. And when it's switched on, um, it contracts all the muscles where the pads are. And you can feel it. It's not painful at all, but um, it does... I find it very good. Um, it's, it's an expensive piece of kit. I think I paid something like around 4000 for it. But, you know, you use it every other day. And uh, it, it's good. It's good. Uh, what does using it mean? Well, it, morning, to, morning to night or using all day? It, one hour. No, no. You, oh, okay. You put it on, you switch it on. You need someone to help you. And... Um, it's set for, computerized set, for one hour. And during this one hour, you just lie back, read a book, whatever you want to do. And uh, you can feel all your muscles in your arms and legs and torso contracting, not painfully, just mildly, but enough to keep them toned. That's the point. It's enough to keep them toned. And it does help with walking. I mean, I when I first tried it, I just... Uh, just to try it, I went to place to try it out, and immediately I could walk faster and better. I mean, immediately. So it it helps keep the muscles in tone, and the result of that is you can keep walking, and um, keeps your ability to walk, and you can walk faster and further. So it's worth doing. I have found it very very worthwhile to do. Mm. It's very comfortable. It's it's not in any way painful you're just aware that you've got i don't know if you've ever used a slender tone machine or anything like that mm -hmm. you know, where it works on a particular 
set of muscles and it makes the muscles contract. Well, it's just like that. Um, Fascinating. But it, it, you know, if anybody has got or, or somebody wants to give to you, you know, the money suit, I would say go for it. Yes, if you can afford it. And so how long have you been how long have you been um using the molly suit now only a matter of months what is it june oh just four months or something like five months maybe but I every, use it. so every other day you've been yeah. using it absolutely yes and if you compare now to where you were before you started using it can you see sort of a an overall improvement yeah. so 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 the improvement is in muscle tone and mm -hmm. walking ability. So, mm -hmm. you know, I've got a mobility scooter, but I hardly ever use it. I haven't been out now because of social distancing for two and a half months, whatever. But I don't need um, a, a scooter to get around my house, my bungalow. I just use a walker. I do need a walker now. But mm. with the walker and with the using the molly every other day, I can walk quite fast and quite far. So I, I don't feel I have to use, you know, I don't need a wheelchair, never used a wheelchair. Uh, so I can get around the length of my bungalow, which is quite, quite long, um, just using a walker. So I think that that's probably the Molly has helped with the walking. So it's actually, it's improved. It's yeah. improved. I think it probably, um, yes. Yeah what you can do it's not dramatic dramatic i can't throw away my walker because my balance is actually now quite bad um I, I don't think i'd be able to walk i mean i know i can't walk more, more than a few steps without the walker but i can walk further now as a result as a result of using the money you can walk further without the walker no i don't think i can just further it's just further before you get the complete um sort of the legs just stop working don't they yeah they do i mean i just want to say again that even though i do now walk with a walker i haven't got the protective hormones go getting old and ms not a good combination you can't prevent that and um although it is wise to stick to everything you just do get worse when you're let's say over 65 over 70 mm. in but 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 no this is the point i want to make but you can still have a very reasonably good quality of life even though i'm dependent now on a walker um yeah it's not terrible terrible you know life goes mm. still mm. read do you think there's another book lurking in you judy i've just i've absolutely retired from have you um, I've got enough energy just to get through the day, but I don't have enough energy because, you know, when you are writing a book, the amount of energy it uses, the, the brain uses so much energy and you just do get tired. You know, I, I just couldn't contemplate it. And, and also, and also, um, I honestly think that the OMS book, the Overcoming MS book, and Cherry Wall's book really are the benchmarks now. Um, I, I don't think, you know, that, that, there was, there's nothing I could say now that hasn't already been said by either of those two doctors. 
so I have nothing more to say on MS. It's been, you know, it feels like I've handed over a baton, particularly to George Delinet, because mm. George Delinet, I, I, I think he probably used my book as a jumping off point, but probably thought that being a doctor, um, he could do better. But he went to the same medical source material as I did, exactly the same. You know, um, the swipe diet and all the rest of it. He went to the same source material plus newer source material. And what he says is his... Um, overcoming MS is absolutely based on the sciences. It's scientifically backed. I mean, I said mine was as well, but it's, it's less easy to, easy to do that when you're a lay person. He mm. can say, can turn around to the doctors, we're all rubbish it anyway. Um, say, this is backed 100% by science. It's 100% mm. by science. Um, that doesn't stop mainstream doctors were saying, ridiculous you know there's a lot of naysayers when you come to MS a lot of naysayers and also there are there are um I would say fashions in treatment I mean when I was a young woman in my 20s the general received wisdom of neurologists was oh no don't exercise you'll tire yourself out don't do it don't do it don't have a baby it's dangerous and then a new lot of neurologists come along and they say no no we got it all wrong all they do new research so you know scientists don't agree with each other that's what i learned is there's a lot of uh, controversy amongst scientists um and they disagree with each other and what is flavor of the month one year uh becomes outdated and then a whole new thing comes along and that's flavor of the month and then something else comes along so mm. you know anyway there is little science to back the, the, the lifestyle approach, which is diet, exercise, attitude. And, um, George Jelinek would say that meditation is absolutely integral to his OMS program. I've always found it very difficult. I'm a bit of a sort of type A personality, a bit hyper. <laughs> I've, always found, I've always found meditation incredibly difficult, but I don't doubt his word for a moment. Now, I know people personally with MS who've gone on one of the OMS retreats in England and elsewhere, but, you know, he holds retreats. And this particular person, a man in his 40s, professional man, he went on this retreat organized by OMS. He came back absolutely a different person. And he didn't used to be able to meditate. He considered himself a type A person. But having gone on this retreat, he came out a completely new person. And now um, he's an OMS ambassador. He sticks to it 120% and he proselytizes it to anybody he can talk to. But before that, he wasn't doing meditation. He wasn't doing the diet. So, you know, maybe... So to go on one of these retreats and to have, what is it, a month or something, I can't remember, three or four weeks with other people with the same condition where you're doing the diet, it's all provided for, you're doing the exercise, you're doing the meditation, you're doing, hearing lectures about attitude and all the rest of it. I do hear from several people that that is a life-changing event, a life-changing event. So, you know, I would recommend anybody 
um, gets onto the OMS website and, and, and gets notification of when the next retreat is and, and go to it because I've heard so many life-changing stories. People are just completely revolutionized by it. That does sound like a really important thing to look into and to try and take part in if you get the chance. I think I mean, I'm going to be doing that when we finish talking. I think that's great. I mean, if I had my time again, you know, I would, uh, as, a, as a young, well, middle-aged, young or middle-aged person, I, I, I would um, certainly go on one of those retreats. And the, the social aspect, I can't stress that too highly. I have to say that I disagree with your father completely, that to be with other people, absolutely understand you just get it you know mm. very it's very um reassuring you know you're not hiding away you're not behind closed doors i wouldn't be behind closed doors i would as i said before come out mm. just much more um it's just less stressful to do that there's going to be a whole episode on coming out <laughs> another podcast episode that i will i will be doing with some people talking about their coming out story um, because i just think it's it's different for people um and i'm never going to change my dad's welsh methodist upbringing Um, so it, it is sort of it is horses for courses no, he's he's a different generation. Um, I mean, I kind kind of pride myself on being able to think more like you do. Quite honestly, I mean, I don't think like your father does at all, even though we're the sort of same age. Um, He'll know. not be listening to this, Judy, anyway, because he no. would never take part in any of the technology. So I'm on I'm on safe ground, oh, talking okay. about him behind his back on a podcast. Yeah, you've got quite obviously. You know, you're a different person. You're a different sex. You're a different age, you've got to find your own path. Absolutely. So, Judy, we're coming to the end now. Um, have you got just two nuggets of wisdom that you would share with somebody that's had, um, recently diagnosed? Yes, give up junk food, eat healthily, eat clean exercise mm-hmm. they think that it's going to make you tired it does the opposite yeah and the combination of those things together really do make a difference noticeably from one day to the next mm. stand you in as good a stead as you can you do every see, george jenny's motto which i sort of believe in completely is do whatever it takes do whatever it takes do whatever it takes and you know, the people are young when they die, can be young when they diagnose. I mean, do it at the beginning, you know. Um, just do whatever it takes. Uh, and don't be put off from that path. Yeah. Don't let the naysayers. There were a lot of naysayers. Shout you down. Naysayers, you yeah. know, yeah. all through your MS journey by naysayers. Oh, don't think Pacific chocolate cake's not going to do you any harm. It's only once, and, you know, fudge, fudge topping on ice cream's not going to do. It's only one. Don't listen to them. Just don't. Just say no. Just 
want. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you need to have a really strong mindset, don't you? Healthy people are not going to be affected by eating all those things, but people with MS are. Mm. Absolutely. So, Judy, one other question, yeah. and I haven't pre-warned you about this, so, um, but I like to try and get an insight into people's personalities with this question. And it is, well, it's two parts. So if you could be anywhere in the world, so lockdown is no longer important, so you can go anywhere in the world, where would you be? And imagine yourself sitting there. What favourite drink would you be drinking? Okay, you know, my favourite scenery is what you get in the... Um in the islands of Spain, you know, Mallorca and uh, Menorca and Ibiza, mm -hmm. uh, with pine trees, love pine trees, um, and small coves of sandy beaches. That That is my ideal location. Mm -hmm. And I suppose I'd be drinking something like um, mango and pear juice or something like that. You know, that nothing, sounds wonderful. Nothing alcoholic. But I do sometimes fantasize of being on a beach with, with these kind of typical pine trees you get in those islands on the beach. So you can smell the pine resin mm. and drinking something like, you know, some mango and orange. Or something like that. Delicious. <laughs> I'm there with you. <laughs> Good. That sounds amazing. So, oh... Judy, I've got to say, it's been so fantastic to talk to you um, and to hear all about kind of what you've, how you've got to where you've got and how you've lived your life with so much positivity. And even now you're still able to inspire people. You're very um, sweet. Look, I do wish you, how old are you, Bron? I'm going to be 50 this year. Oh, goodness, I wouldn't have thought that. I thought you were much younger. No, <laughs> just from my voice. <laughs> you were going to say 32. No, from your appearance. I thought you were going to say 32. But anyway, well, very nice talking to you. Um, I'm glad we made contact on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening to today's MS show. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And if you'd like to get more involved with the MS show, why not join our Facebook community? Just search Facebook for The MS Show. Come back soon for another dose of MS information and inspiration. You've been listening to The MS Show podcast.